power on. Hey everyone, welcome to F8. Today, we are going to talk about building a privacy-focused social platform. Privacy gives us the freedom to be ourselves. So it's no surprise that the fastest ways that we're all communicating online are private messaging, in small groups, and in stories. This is the, the next chapter for our services. I get that a lot of people aren't sure that we're serious about this. <laughs> I know that we don't exactly have the, the strongest reputation on privacy right now, to put it lightly. But I'm committed to doing this well. And this vision is based on, on six principles. You know, first, we're committed uh, to working openly. Now, second, uh, we're taking a more proactive role in making sure... <laughs> we're taking a more proactive role in making sure that all of our partners and developers use our services for good. We're also building out a lot of deep technical infrastructure and replumbing the, the whole infrastructure that we build uh, for this company to support this privacy vision. It's not going to happen overnight, so let's start with our messaging apps. Over the next year, we plan to make Messenger the fastest private communication app on the entire planet. The future is private. So, we have begun the journey to make Messenger end-to-end -end encrypted by default. For the first time, we are building the ability for Messenger users to be able to call and message not just their friends on Facebook, but their close friends and family on Instagram and on WhatsApp. Messenger is going to be building a social network for your closest friends and family. Earth 2019, dominant species, human. Galactic potential rating, zero. Cultural affiliation, Combination of government and global businesses, corporatism, legacy institution. Species still conservative, superstitious, and religious. Ecologically illiterate, largely unaware of cosmological foundation of love. Level of technological dependence is disturbingly higher than the galactic standard. Species distracted and behavior controlled by technology companies. System error. Advanced concepts detected beyond normal human levels. New galactic potential rating, over 9,000. Transmission type, podcast. Host, The Man of Tomorrow. Brian Sovereign. Source, Sovereign Tech. future is private. To say the least, I cannot possibly imagine anyone from Facebook saying that, but if you heard the opening audio, that's exactly what was said. That is unfucking believable Not that I disagree with the sentiment. 
I just don't believe it from Facebook. And with Zuckerberg being so concerned, you know, that, oh, I don't think anybody's going to take us serious. You know, maybe you don't don't think we're serious about this. No, I don't think you're fucking serious about this. I can't imagine that you're serious at all. I don't know what you've got up your sleeve, but you sure as fuck don't give a, give a rat's ass about privacy. In fact, I wish somebody, you know, the one question I would ask that guy is, what does privacy mean to you, Mark Zuckerberg? Define privacy. I would love to hear that answer. Me, I care about privacy. I'm all about privacy. In fact, you know what? Here you go. Here you go. We'll open the show right up. I'll give you a tip for real privacy. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what those family restrooms, you know, wherever you happen to go, uh, you know, whatever, I don't know if you're at a restaurant or at the mall or whatever, those family restrooms, you know what those are good for? Let me tell you what those are good for. Those are good for fucking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's great because they're single stall, right? You, you can lock the door. There's your privacy. Woo. Okay. You can lock the door. Then, you know, you have like the changing station or something, which, eh, you know, maybe that can't hold too much weight. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you can, you can make use of them. And, and if you're not sure where you are, you know, because you're so lost in lust while you're fucking in these family bathrooms, wh what can you do? Uh, you know, you can, you can feel the braille and if you can read braille, you know where you are on there, you know, it's <laughs> But no, really, I mean, and they usually have the nice long sink that you can kind of, you know, lean it. Hmm. Great for fucking. <laughs> they really are. I think that's the whole reason that they exist. When's, oh, come on. When's the last time you actually saw a baby getting changed in one of those things? Please. You know why they're there. This is why I also, I'm a big fan of like these single stall bathrooms to solve the whole, what people consider to be a gender problem. I don't consider it a problem, uh, but the whole gender issue uh, around, well, you know, what if this person's trans and they're going into this and this, it's like, well, single stall bathrooms solves the whole problem. And uh, also gives people a good place to fuck while they're out and about, but <laughs> a nice private place. If you want that privacy, because we don't live in a world where that stuff uh, generally can happen openly, even though everybody's watching porn. Oh, well, Privacy, right? Anyway, this is a tech show. <laughs> the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Sabsu, the rated R radio star, the podcast champion, here to talk about the latest and greatest. Well, maybe not so great. It always feels like it's not so great. God damn it. I'm glad I do other shows where I can talk about stuff that's fucking good and exciting and, and fun and all of that because the tech world seems to be often quite the opposite, unless it's somewhere, you know, within like Bitcoin and the blockchain space, always exciting shit happening there. Uh, but regardless, um, we are, well, this is an episode that's going to clock in at about 90 minutes. Okay. Uh, we have been experimenting with, I'm just going to say this quickly. We have been experimenting with for the past few months, a one hour episode and also like some changes in formatting, single topic episodes, multiple segment episodes, which of course, multiple segments is what Sovereign Tech traditionally did. And previously Sovereign Tech had been up to two hours. Um, so we are going to continue experimenting, but you're getting moi and you're getting all the latest science and tech news, uh, that matters anyway. And well, I mean, we can't get to everything, but we get to a lot of it, but you know, to help get to everything, we are going to reintroduce a segment into the show. And that is the foreplay where I cover all of the, a lot of the little stories that, uh, you know, maybe don't, don't need an entire segment of their own or don't need more than a couple minutes. Though sometimes these little stories turned in, turned into 40 minute screeds on my part because it, yeah, Look, this is me, folks. I don't, I'm, I'm not scripted. Okay. <laughs> You're just getting raw dog stallion here. And 
Anyway, so why don't we open up with the foreplay? Why don't we get into some of these stories? To fit it in, I have bumped the show back up to 90 minutes, and that's also to fit in other things as well, um, because it was a little bit of a challenge, which I guess is the reason that back in the day, when Sovereign Tech started off as an hour show, I bumped it up to 90 minutes back then uh, because there wasn't enough time to really get, you know, into everything that I wanted to get into uh, for the week. So to be able to do that again, I guess I found out why I did that initially. And, you know, it's good to experiment, good to shake up the show every once in a while. And to do so, well, here we go. We're back up to 90 minutes and we're getting back into the foreplay and let's start talking it up, opening right in with Google. And really speaking of the future being private again, you know, did they trademark that phrase? Like, I mean, it's a great phrase. The future is private. I, I am on board with that uh, all the way, you know, Facebook. But um, I just don't think you are. Again, we'll, we're going to talk about the F8, their little F8 event that they had because there's a lot to break down. And really, the Golden Stallion is going to end up getting proven right on things that I've been saying for years, exactly what Facebook was doing. And now it's all kind of come to fruition. So we'll get into that. Um, but anyway, the future being private, well, it looks like Google is thinking about that as well, because now they are giving you the option um, to auto delete a lot of your data, particularly your location history and your web and app activity uh, uh, data that they collect. And I guess metadata that would include that. Uh, this is interesting. Do you, do I think that Google's actually deleting all this data? Uh no, <laughs> no. I, I mean, I guess it won't be there for the average uh, Joe to be able to get a look at, but are they actually deleting data? I have, I cannot possibly believe that a company that is so data driven would ever actually delete data. This includes, this is not just Google. This includes pretty much every tech giant that you want to list off. You go down the sinister six, all of them are doing this. There's no way that they're getting rid of this data. I don't even believe that Apple actually deletes uh, a lot of their data. Why? I mean, even if it's not like accessible to Siri, seriously, they're going to just delete that data. They really have no use for that. I I don't believe that for a second. And if you do, I mean, then these companies are far more moral actors than uh, th than any other action they take would would suggest. I mean, I know I have listeners in Silicon Valley. I have listeners who work at Apple. I have listeners who work at, actually, I, I know I have listeners who work even at Facebook, at, at everybody in the Sinister Six, every one of the Sinister Six. I know I have listeners who work at these companies. If you want to anonymously drop me a little message, okay? And you can, uh, well, anyway, you know how to make that happen. All right, drop me a message and you tell me, all right, that that you genuine you know that your the company you are working for is absolutely getting rid of that data. They are lighting it on fire and letting it go. Prove it to me, okay? Because otherwise, I am just going to keep raising the red flag. But regardless, I mean, the heart of this is in the right place, I guess. Um, I think there's still usefulness for this sort of thing. Uh, the options that you get for location data and web and app activity that Google allows you to delete, there's there's really three options. The three options are you don't delete it uh, or you delete it right away. I guess that's kind of one option. Then there's uh, you have three months or you have 18 months uh, to, to choose from. And the three-month one might be a good setting to have turned on. I mean... Should you do this? Am I suggesting that you, yeah, I, I think you should set this to auto delete. Okay. Um, I mean, it's interesting that at least now companies are, I mean, I'll give them this, at least now the conversation that they're having, the verbiage that they're using is saying that privacy is important and that it matters. Okay. So 
as long as we all agree on that, which now the tech giants are kind of agreeing, it sounds like they're agreeing on that, that privacy is important. Um, now we just have to teach people how to actually have it and how to actually make sure that they have actual privacy. Uh, now, obviously, using anything Google is probably not a safe bet to do that. But the heart is in the right place for this. Um, so you have the option of three or 18 months within which it'll all auto-delete. Three months probably works for just about anybody. 18 months uh, certainly would. At the very least, for fuck's sake, set it for 18 months. Um, you know, because... I mean, I, I guess maybe five years later, you'd want to know that restaurant you went to. But I mean, in five years, who the hell knows what even Google Maps is going to look like? Give me a fucking break. So anyway, I don't trust it. I don't believe it. I guess it might give you some kind of weird peace of mind or maybe it's helpful. I don't know if you're having an affair or something like that. And that way it doesn't show up uh, when someone's looking at your phone. It's like, oh, whew. at least it's been three months since that night. And uh, and it auto deleted. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm enabling such terrible things, aren't I? Oh man. <laughs> but yes. Okay. Do that. At the very least, I, I still think it's worthwhile to set this up, but just don't think that Google's actually deleting this data or that the NSA doesn't have access to it. You're, you're crazy. If you think that that's, uh, that that's so anyway, um, let's see here. Let's get on to a little bit more in the foreplay. I got a few stories here. This is one. So actually last time when we had the foreplay, I think I might've brought this phone up. Um, and I normally don't get excited much about hardware, at least not in the general tech space. When it comes to gaming, sometimes I get excited about some of the hardware that's out there. Uh, and I sure as fuck don't get excited about any of the smartphones out there. I mean, right now my recommendation is to just buy at the very least buy either a pixel phone, though you really maybe not the best idea buy a pixel phone or buy an Android one phone. Um, or if you want to go that, you know, if you want to go all the way and, and rock lineage OS, I mean, of course I've been recommending that for years, but anyway, so I, I don't really get excited much about any smartphone that, that comes out. I mean, and I'm not even going to get into the conversation around the foldable phones that like the Samsung galaxies, all of which are getting recalled and, delayed and it's, it's a fucking mess. Um, but one phone that I did bring up that I was actually excited about was, uh, these energizer phones that were getting showed up, shown off back in March of this year of 2019 at a uh, mobile world Congress in Barcelona. And one of them, there was that, that energizer phone. The thing was fucking huge, but it had an 18,000 milliampere battery. And what it had like the dual pop-up front cameras, um, and like, supposedly like it was kind of indestructible. Like it was a tough phone. You could even use it to break glass or something. I mean, it was just this really crazy phone, but I loved having that gigantic fucking battery that, that was such a cool thing. And I said, well, this makes it in intriguing, you know, to have a, a phone that could maybe go like a week without needing to charge at least for a little while. Um, now the thing I didn't realize at the time, and I don't think that they actually announced really, um, when the initial news for it was getting, was making the rounds out of mobile world Congress is that this was a, uh, was actually, uh, well, it was a crowdfunded, uh, project. So basically you had this company out of France, uh, Avenir telecom, which they were, they were just using the Energizer branding. Like they bought the license for it or whatever. Um, and the phone was called the P 18 K and I guess they were going for about a million dollars to crowdfund this thing. I mean, look, if, if I knew it was a crowdfund, I would have, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, I wouldn't have put in a, a significant amount of money at all, but, uh, 
I, I would have put in something because I would have liked, I mean, I love the idea of this phone because the one thing that everybody wants, and you ask them, we've talked about this so many times, every year when new phones are getting announced, every month when new phones, it seems like are getting announced, everybody's asking for more battery, more battery, more battery, and the companies never fucking give it to you. Avenir Telecom was going to with the Energizer brand, which made sense because it's a battery company, right? Uh, but they ended up only doing like 1% of their $1 million goal. So it's not going to happen. Failed spectacularly. Um, but I mean, damn, I mean, it would have had battery life for like 50 days. You know, well, you know, that's like standby, but oh, that would have been so great. What a lot. What, what a shame. And, and so, but I mean, this is the sad part too, is that most people don't realize that I mean, maybe this is changing, but most people just don't realize that their phones cost a shit ton of fucking money, but they're all buying into rental programs or financing their iPhone for the rest of their life and, you know, paying rent on a smartphone, which blows my goddamn mind. Uh, but, you know, people just don't understand how this stuff actually works. I mean, just like they don't understand that, uh, you know, unless, I mean, here's the thing. We'll get into the F8 story, okay, where we talk about Facebook and what they announced because they announced a lot. But unless Facebook came up on stage and said, we are going to charge you, I don't know, $5 a month to use Facebook, unless they had said that, they somehow have to be making money off of the data that they collect, that they collect about you, and they're selling it off to either an interested firm of some kind that has something that has use for that data, not just advertising, or they're selling it off to advertisers or whatever. They're just, they can't... You cannot run a company. And it's not like they're coming out with that much hardware. It's not like Facebook portals are selling out of their ass. It's not like, I mean, Oculus headsets, in fact, the Oculus Quest, we know it's coming out end of May. Uh, you know, there's some data on that. I'm going to talk about that on the gaming grid, okay, on my other show on Zomia One, not on Sovereign Tech. We'll save that story for there. We know that's coming, but it's not like they're making that much money off of any kind of hardware that they're putting out there. They have to be making money off of you using their fucking uh, services. Okay, you, you know, using their what, whatever. Anyway, so unless, but then, so unless they came up and they and they said at F eight, we're charging five dollars a month to use Facebook, to use Messenger, whatever. I don't believe them that they're actually being, you know, they're taking privacy seriously. You know, there might be some privacy theater that they're engaging in. Keyword there, theater. But there's no way that they're actually engaging in privacy. And so again, people don't realize that to use like. For this infrastructure to allow for your actual privacy and protection of your data as a, as a, you know, as a byproduct or a direct product of your privacy, you have to pay the price. You have to pay upfront. You cannot get this shit for free. You cannot get this shit for a discount. There's no such thing as discounts. There's no such things as sales. Okay. I mean, there just aren't, there's always a, a reason beyond that. It's not because they want to give it to you for a great price or they want to give it to you for free. They have to make money off of this somehow. There's always something behind that. I mean, well, I, I could get into a big argument about market mechanisms, but like sales and discounts and things like this, the, no, these are not market mechanisms. These are, there's something going on behind the scenes. But point being, in the world that we live today, you have to pay to play. All right, you do. I'm not saying that that's how things should be. I'm saying you have to pay to play. All right. Uh, unless it's stuff that's genuinely done out of the kindness of their hearts, that being Linux. But well, anyway, that's that's a whole other conversation and not like people don't make money off of that either. They just do it in better ways. Um, 
So, okay, let's, we got way off <laughs> the rails on that. But sadly, you know, the one interesting phone that I had heard about in the past couple of years is not going to happen. Um, and I guess most people, I don't know, they weren't able to put their money where their mouth is, or they didn't understand that phones actually cost money, you know, and that they don't just give them for free. You know, I mean, do you realize, not that I'm, I'm one to necessarily complain. I mean, there's other government programs that I want to complain about long before I'm going to complain about social programs, but you do realize like the government actually gives people phones for free. Literally. They, they, I mean that, and that they've been doing that before smartphones were even a thing that they give you a free feature phone. Okay, if you met like this certain social security, whatever, uh, uh, you know, whatever criteria you ha- you end up having had, you know, that you'd have to meet. Um, why does the government want you to have a phone? Well, <laughs> I think we could think of a lot of reasons why. And I would also argue that probably a lot of them aren't good. So, again, people don't realize this shit costs money. But let's let's get off of that now. Uh, so another interesting thing, this actually plays well off of what we were talking about last week um, when we were having our conversation around audiobooks. Now, folks, I, look, I got some emails about that. I was not saying don't listen to audiobooks. I was saying let's be careful how reliant we become on certain things. And I, I mean, for example, basically what I was saying was, and I, I could have put it in this many words and I didn't, is that I think we lose something like when we end up as an analogy, not that proof by analogy is proof, but as an analogy, if you are typing all the time, you're, you're typing out and you don't write anymore with as in pen and paper. Um, I think you've lost something. I, th- I really do. And, and I recognize this in myself. I was just filling out paperwork the other day, uh, for something very exciting. And, like, I mean, I write like chicken scratch and, and the, the poor guy could barely like read the numbers I was writing down and everything. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, <laughs> but that's how bad it, it gets when you're just so used to typing everything. And there's just skills that you lose. And there's aspects of there's things that come along with that that come. I mean, people, especially with writing, people have talked about writing before where like writing stuff, physically writing it you know, commits it to memory better and engages more of the brain and everything. And that's exactly what I was getting at with audiobooks is let's not turn over everything to fucking audiobooks. Okay. And then there's a bigger conversation to have around that, but the conversation to have right now is that Walmart is not going to let Amazon be the only one schlepping out those audiobooks. Now we knew like last year. So, okay. I am a big fan of eBooks and audiobooks just in case I didn't make that clear. Okay. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm pretty sure I said this last week. I mean, in my dream world, actually, I wouldn't listen to audiobooks. Like in my dream world, I would just have all the time in the world to sit down and read a book next to a river, you know, (laughs) mm. (laughs) it's, it's a beautiful thing to do. Let me tell you, especially, uh, you know, if you're doing it with, with someone you really care for. I mean, alone or with someone special, I'll tell you, being outside and just kicking back and reading is a wonderful thing. And one of my favorite things to do that with, actually, is um, I have my Kindle Oasis, my ninth gen, uh, which I am, (laughs) I'll tell you, to put it mildly, maybe not so mildly, I am in love with that device. And, you know, fuck Amazon, really, but, but it is such a great device. And they've really, you know, Amazon for the longest time, especially since, you know, Barnes and Noble's been going, has been tanking, um you know, they, they've really cornered that market. Now there's always been the Kobo e-reader. Okay. Um, and I've recommended that to, to people and partly because, well, actually at the time they were creating, you know, before the Kindle Oasis became a thing, which was the original waterproof e-reader from Amazon. Um, you know, uh, Kobo was, they had the, the aura H2O, right. And that was a, uh, 
you know, that was a waterproof e-reader and, and phenomenal. And it also allowed for micro restart or micro SD cards to get put into it, which is superior to what Amazon um, really offers. But it was nice because it's just this little Canadian company called Rakuten uh, that, that was putting this together and was trying to take on Amazon. Well, guess what? Uh, like we said, how Walmart is not letting Amazon be the only one in the audiobook and ebook game. Of course, Microsoft has dropped out of the ebook game. Um, one could say that Apple is ramping up its place within that. That's a whole other conversation because there's that relationship between iTunes and Audible and some other things. But um, so Walmart now is dealing with Kobo. They are dealing with Rakuten and they are, I mean, they are, this is a big, big push uh, that they are going for. So it's Walmart eBooks is the name of the service. And while it does offer eBooks and Walmart is going to put Rakuten, you know, is going to put Kobo's all over their stores. Okay. Everywhere in their stores, they want people jumping on this. Um, and understand Walmart is a major, major fucking bookseller. I mean, they have been for a long time, especially in the Christian space, uh, like with Christian books. In fact, it might be the largest Christian bookstore, uh, you know, when you, when you put it in that metric, uh, in the world, I, I mean, it really is like, that's a big deal. So it's not like Walmart getting into the book business or the ebook business specifically is a crazy idea. It's not Walmart is known for its books. So anyway, they're going to offer ebooks, but now also they're going to offer a subscription service, which will include access to, you know, effectively getting audiobooks as well. Um, and it's going to be, so now an audible, a base audible, um, subscription is, and that gets you one credit, which is basically one audiobook a month, even though, now you get like two audible originals per month. I mean, it, it, you get a lot more than just audiobooks with your audible subscription and maybe Amazon knew what was coming down the pike from, from Walmart. Uh, as far as this go again, again, Walmart's goal with Walmart eBooks and it's deal with recruit or with Kobo, which is recruiting, but has been going on for about a year, you know? So it's not like Amazon didn't know. I mean, we even talked about it briefly on sovereign tech, uh, when that was uh, announced, but, Anyway, you can, it's going to be, so yeah, an audible subscription is about 14. It's like 15 bucks as to where a subscription, a subscription to an audio monthly audiobook subscription to Walmart eBooks is going to be $10 a month. So they're trying to undercut Amazon. Now this points at a few things. One is, is that I still, to this day, I think Amazon's foothold in the economy, in the marketplace is books audiobooks, ebooks, whatever. It's still books. It's how they started. And I still think it's like their base business that, that they do very well for. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, audiobook sales are through the roof. Of course, that also makes sense why Walmart would want to get in on that game. But as I've said many times, when we've talked about what I call the Amazon world domination tour, basically that none of the tech giants are actually competitors for Walmart. Uh, and, or I mean for, well, they're not a comp, they're not, competition with Walmart either. That that's another point, but I usually don't bring that one up, but you know, Amazon is not in competition with, with the tech giants. The tech giants are trying to be in competition with Amazon, but it ain't the other way around. Amazon knows that they're owning ass. Okay. Walmart is really the only competition for Amazon. And maybe like that big QVC merger that, that went down, that could be a competitor in this space, but that's as far as, I mean, cause you have to understand Amazon's not just a tech company, right? They are an everything company. They call it, you call it the everything store. It's an everything fucking company. And the only competition that the everything company has, that being Amazon, is another everything company. And the only other real everything company out there 
that has that kind of scale is Walmart. Okay. And so Walmart's got to get in on the tech game, but as far as everything else that Amazon's trying to do, Walmart's there. The tech game's easy though. Right. I mean, fuck, you know, <laughs> if Microsoft can open and close an ebook store, you know, it's easy enough for Walmart to do, uh, clearly. So, you know, you got to keep that in, in perspective. Um, this is interesting. Do I think this is going to take off for a few reasons? I don't know that this is going to work. Okay. Uh, one is, is that I think for a lot of people, like having an audible subscription and getting into audiobooks and everything is, is seen as a very classy thing. Here is maybe Walmart's biggest problem in trying to be a competitor against Amazon. The terms Walmart and classy, <laughs> I mean, that's oil and water, you know? That's shit and piss. You don't, you don't mix right? Well, no, I've seen people actually piss on shit, but well, no, sorry. Okay. Where's my head? <laughs> but you get my point. Okay. Is that I don't, I just don't see like Walmart. I mean, in, for, for Christians, I can see this taking off because that's really the, in my opinion, the major, uh, uh, segment demographic that Walmart reaches with its, you know, with books is Christians like, or are Christians. Um, so, but that's not big enough. I mean, that's big and you can make a lot of money off of that, but you're not going to beat Amazon at that game. You might, you know, you might be, I don't know, like it could be a relationship similar to Firefox and Chrome users where sure, you know, there's enough to make Firefox like worth existing. Um, but at the same time, you're not really competing right now. Uh, and believe me, I hate to say that, you know, when talking about Firefox, because uh, I love Firefox. But regardless of that, so I don't think that, I mean, here's the other thing, is that Audible has really cemented itself by having a lot of Audible-only titles. Now, who knows how long those kind of contracts last, where like a major book comes out and they, the audiobook can only be on Audible. And this gets done a lot, but I don't know how long those contracts last with those really big titles that would make a dent if Walmart also offered them on their audiobook subscription service. We also don't exactly know, like, are they, is it, are you getting like one credit a month like you do with Audible? I mean, if, if they're doing where you can listen to any audiobook at any time for that flat rate, which Walmart could eat that cost if they need to, um, if that's what it ends up being, well, that, I mean, that is somewhat of an edge. Uh, to have over Amazon. Amazon's looking at that as well, though, of course, like the romance package where you can listen to as many romance books as you want that are part of this deal and you pay a extra fee. Um, I, I don't, I don't recall if that's on top of audible or not, but regardless, you pay a certain fee to get access to that, even though that program has had its own problems. Um, I'm just, I, yeah, the thing is, is that audible has so many exclusive titles and now you have the audible originals, which now it seems because like I, like I mentioned, now, and it's been this way for a few months, where if you're just a base Audible subscription, as long as you're paying for an Audible subscription, the first Friday of every month, you get two audiobooks, okay? Now, if, uh, and, and they're only Audible originals, though, okay? But you get two of them. You get to pick two of them. Here's the thing. If those are completely Audible originals, as in they're totally owned by Audible, not just, it's not just where it has the tag only on Audible, but it's an Audible original, that means that's the only place you're going to have access to it. Now, getting people hooked into these Audible originals is a great way to keep them from wanting to switch over to, you know, Walmart eBooks, which there's a problem with that title alone because you don't get the idea that there's audiobooks involved, but there is, or there are. So 
yeah, I just, I, I, I get it. And again, Walmart is the only company that could even try and pull this off and do so with any kind of uh, success. But I just, with Audible Originals and the only on Audible stuff and everything that, I mean, the only alternative to that is torrenting to be able to get that shit. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't see it taking off unless Walmart somehow gets exclusives on their end. But again, the only market I think that they can really go after as far as exclusives and where people would really sign up for it is with Christians. Um, but I don't know how many Christians, I mean, Christianity as a religion itself, I don't think lends itself well to audiobooks. You know, uh, I mean, like you're, you're like reading, pouring, through, like the way you read the Bible, your primary text in audiobook. while there have been some fun ones. And back when I was a Christian, uh, you know, I'm an atheist but now, but when I was a Christian, yeah, I, I enjoyed having an audiobook version, especially when you get like these big actors that would do these, you know, crazy renditions of the, you know, new international version of the Bible or something, or the NKJV, uh, whatever that, that, you know, that would be very interesting, right. To listen to, but most of the time you are not interacting with audiobooks when it comes to Christian works, you're wanting to like reference the scriptures and everything that you're reading and that you're encountering and all this, or at least I hope that's what Christians do. If they want to stick to their, well, for lack of a better phrase, stick to their guns. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I don't see this taking off. I really don't. And I don't see it like being, I mean, maybe there's a segment of the population that would be interested, but it's not enough to take on audible. And part of that is just the perception of what Walmart is. Uh, Walmart's got to get out of that. Like the idea that we are not, well, that they're not classy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that it's just, it's seen as a negative when you buy shit from Walmart. I mean, that that's just the case, no matter what the reality is around the situation. I mean, look, I've bought boots from Walmart that are some of the best boots I've ever worn in my life. And believe me, I am a connoisseur when it comes to boots. Okay. I mean, I really fucking am. And I've bought some of the best boots I've ever had. Some of the longest lasting boots I've ever had at Walmart. So regardless of what the reality is, the perception's there and that's a problem, you know? I mean, and this is very much, and it's ironic because Amazon's known for being so inexpensive, but except for when it comes to like their e-readers and when it comes to audible then it's not about cost or, you know, cutting costs and everything. Then it's about being, you know, just having the best of the best. And look, you know, Kobo readers are awesome. And I still recommend them to this day, even though you're really not getting away from corporatism if you're getting into Kobo now, because really they're just part of Walmart's ecosystem now. Uh, I mean, and, and you could say from a business perspective, well, good for Kobo. Sure. Uh, from a privacy and other concerns and corporatist concerns or whatever, <laughs> not so good, but regardless of that, uh, I mean, Amazon still owns as far as being like the, the high end and the affluent within audiobooks and the ebook space. Oh, they're all over the place. I mean, they, they, they are not seen as they're, they're, they're seen absolutely as classy and high end when it comes to that which is ironic again, because like with their fire devices, they're going for the low end, the low, low, low end, you know, here you go. 50 bucks, go for it. Uh, they, really, they just own the whole marketplace when it comes to eBooks and audiobooks. I mean, they, they just do classy or otherwise. So anyway, uh, interesting thing to consider though, but it does poise and it does prove, and we're going to get into more of what, uh, you know, <laughs> what's proven about what I've said in the past, but it does prove my point that I've said for many years now that the only real competition for Amazon. It is not Google. It is not Apple. They are not, they're not even a blip on the radar. They are nothing compared to Amazon. Walmart is the only real competition for Amazon, but you know, nobody wants to listen to me about that, even though it ends up getting proven true all the time.
So let's just get to a couple other little quick stories uh, for the foreplay. Uh, Linux kernel 5.1 coming out. In fact, holy shit. <laughs> I just heard the news the other day. Microsoft is going to bake a full on Linux kernel right into Windows 10 now. It's not just like, you know, not just using, uh, oh, and that terminal app. They're, they're, wow. There's a conversation. Get away from Windows still, folks, but there's a conversation to have around that. Um, but anyway, Linux kernel 5.1 is out there. Uh, you can expect your upcoming distros to really update that. Of course, you can go into terminal and do it yourself if you want, but it'll be rolling out mainstream very soon. Uh, a lot of support for the AMD, uh, the Vega GPUs, some of their newer GPUs, which is great. Also using... Uh, Persistent memory is in hard drive space as system RAM. That's a nice little feature to have. I mean, these are like the little things that other operating systems have done, like Windows and Mac OS, that Linux just hadn't set up yet, partly because of, you know, the way that, that it gets developed and among other things and being cautious around that. Um, because, you know, I, I know you'd say, well, isn't that such a basic thing? Hasn't, hasn't Microsoft had that since like Vista? Or hasn't Windows had that since Vista and stuff like this? Yeah, to some degree. But, you know, there's there's security concerns around that, right? Because if that's being used as a Ram disc, well, I mean, you know, things can happen. I mean, and, and yeah, we've already had swap files and all that with Linux forever. Anyway, we don't need to get lost in the weeds on that, but it's a pretty minor release 5.2, which is coming out a little later this year. That's going to be a much more major release. Uh, and maybe a lot of distros might even wait to just update to 5.2 for when that finally, uh, drops, but just something out there, you know, and, and, just a beautiful thing that the Linux kernel is out there and available for everybody to do and use and develop upon and use Linux. I guess it's my excuse to use that. In fact, also quick, um, there was, there's this really cool site. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's linuxappstore.io. I made my big appeal. I do like one a year where I try to get people, look, get on Linux, start using Linux, get used to this. This is this is the future. If it's not the future for everybody on planet Earth, it needs to be your future if you give a shit about your data and doing actual computing and having control over your... I mean, honestly, it's to the point where it's like even just having control over your life, for fuck's sake, uh, you want to do that. Um, a lot of people don't know that, well, now, you know, yeah, like if you install Ubuntu, you have the the canonical app store uh, that that's there. Uh, and... Now, though, you have like Flatpak and you have Snap apps, you have all these things that are trying to make the app ecosystem a little simpler in Linux. But what ended up happening is, is that now you have apps that are developed for as Snap apps, you have apps that are available as Flatpak, you have apps that are only in the App Store still because maybe they're legacy or something like that. And it becomes a pain in the ass. How do I even get it? How do I know what app to install? Which one do I want to go with? Well, Flatpak is great. You, you, you know, if you can rock that, go with that. But this, uh, this website, uh, linuxappstore.io, really, really slick. Uh, it basically lets you search all three different, uh, you know, like app repositories and it lets you search snap apps as well as Flatpak, all on one website to find what the best version of the app that you want is available on. I thought I went, I looked to it, looked at it and I was like, Oh, that's so fucking handy. So it's linuxappstore.io. I'll, I'll keep a link in the show notes, uh, for be able to check for people to be able to check that out because if that got confusing for you and you ran away from Linux because of that, maybe this can help you out and, keep you there. So anyway, that's it for the foreplay. Why don't we get into our main story this week, which is we are going to talk about Facebook and F8 and holy shit, get ready to start patting me on the back because was I right? You bet your ass I was right. Woo. Here we go. So you heard some of the audio earlier. Um, 
that I played at the beginning of the episode of Zuckerberg talking about and some others from Facebook all talking at their F8 conference that happened in uh, the past week. And well, there's again, there's a lot of things here. There, there was kind of five big major announcements. One of them, like I said, the Oculus about the Oculus Quest. I'm going to save that for the gaming grid. You'll have to listen to that this week, uh, you know, to find out the deal um, there. But there are things that have come down that we'll get into the future is private part. I've, I've really already kind of said my piece on that. But, well, things that I said would be happening are happening. Um, one is, is that now Facebook is going to concentrate way more. They're getting away from the news feed. And we've known for years, a couple years ago, there was that insider report that came out of Facebook where they were what they, they were afraid of what was called content collapse, as in nobody was posting on the news feed anymore. Everybody was just working in Messenger. Now, I had said at that point when that was announced, and that was 2017, I had said at that point, or maybe it was just baking into 2018 a little bit, but I had said at that point that, and this is before all the, you know, Cambridge Analytica, all the you know, bigger privacy scandals and everything that, that had been going on throughout uh, 2018 and 2019, uh, you know, had, had come down the pike. I was saying for years before I said, the, the news feed's not going to last. This is not going to keep working for Facebook. They're already having trouble with it. They're going to be moving towards everything. Messenger is going to become the main platform and maybe groups, you know, would, would be the big deal. And I have been talking about that for some time. And now that's exactly what they're doing is they're concentrating more on groups and that stories, that thing, the stories thing at the top, that's going to show up. Uh, and there's more, but you know, believe me, I, I mean, so many things that I called and that I have said, some of which I said like six, seven years ago are actually coming true. Okay. Um, but they are, yeah. So they're going to be concentrating more on groups. Uh, events is going to become a bigger deal, which I know that that gets used quite a bit. Certainly. Um, and Messenger is going to be a bit, Messenger is going to be such a big deal. They're actually coming out with desktop clients for Mac OS and Windows um, that are, it, it's just Messenger. Now, the funny thing is, is that there was already a Messenger app uh, in, in the window or in the Microsoft store, they call it now, right? Um, in the Microsoft store that had been there for a while, it didn't work well at all. And of course you have messenger.com. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if the, if the desktop client is just like an electron app, you know, that, that they end up skinning, um, of messenger.com. But anyway, uh, maybe there's going to be more to it than that because they are talking, well, you can still do it with electron cause the, uh, signal app is just electron and that will you know basically they're 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 really touting how messenger is going to have end-to-end encryption all over the place they're talking about oh we can watch videos at the same time again they're pushing the future is private right and so they want they're trying to hit this privacy 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 all right there's going to be a, a slimmed down version of the app for ios not going to be a slimmed down version for android because their claim is well we already have messenger Lite available for android so we don't need that so that that has come out but this really proves my point that they are, you know, messenger is their platform. They're not coming out with a Facebook app, which they could very well do. And kind of also, again, already exists on, uh, on the Microsoft store, but it, not, none of these work very well. Um, and they're basically just skinned websites anyway, or PWAs, but, um, but this, yeah, to have a full on messenger desktop client proves my point right home. And I said this so many years ago, I was so far ahead of the curve on this and it's pretty fucking hilarious. Um, that, you know, I've, I've been telling people, especially like activists, uh, in certain circles that I run in, uh, 
And like, don't count on the newsfeed to like somehow attract people. Don't count on your business pages. Don't count on any of this stuff, you know, to, to expect to reach people and get this, you know, I I've been calling against that for a very long time. And I said, because look, these are dying. These are dying models within Facebook services. Everything's going to messenger and everything is going to, to groups. Now I know a lot of people have kind of moved on to groups and I'm sure, you know, maybe they won't feel the sting too much if they have been concentrating on groups uh, for a while now, because the newsfeed is, is going the way of the Dodo. Another interesting thing that's going the way of the Dodo, and it's already started on the mobile apps uh, for Facebook, you know, for Android and iOS, but it will be rolling out to the website, to the main website, desktop version of the website as well. They got rid of the blue bar. Now here is a big one that I called big, 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 big one. Okay. And this one I know is one that I called years ago. I said that, in fact, I know what I was talking about at the time. I think I was talking about social fixer, which is like an extension that you could put in, you know, Chrome or Firefox or whatever, and you could change the color scheme and everything within Facebook. And I says like, why won't they get rid of that blue bar? Or at least give you the option to change that. I said, I think the reason that Facebook, if I have to go pull the quote, just to prove it, that I called this, I will. And, and believe me, this is a big deal. I mean, you identify that blue bar with Facebook. Everybody does, you, you know, you do. And, and the little red number, the whole thing. I said, the only reason that they'll probably change that color is that at some point they have to go through some kind of re they're going to, things are going to get so bad with Facebook. They're going to be in such dire straits that they are going to change the color of that bar to make it seem, you know, it's going to be new coat of paint, same car, right? You get the analogy, same car, but it's going to be a new coat of paint to make you think that it's a different Facebook. And that's exactly what they're fucking doing because they're trying to become, now they're trying to become a privacy company, which you, hopefully I don't have to even talk about that. You know, that's bullshit. You know that Facebook cannot possibly exist unless they are charging you a subscription fee. They cannot exist, uh, you know, and, and care, but they cannot care about privacy and exist at the same time for free as a free model. They have to either go premium or they're not really caring about privacy so much. Maybe they're locking it all up more, you know, in Facebook servers, but then they're still selling that off somewhere else. They can't just lock it up and not do anything else with it. And Facebook is not Amazon where they're making a bunch of products and everything that they can sell off to you where they can do it internally or make use of that data internally like Amazon can, right? Because that's how Amazon tricks you is that you don't even know that you're buying from an Amazon company. You know, like an Amazon production, like an Amazon, I don't know, bedding company or an Amazon clothing company. Sometimes they admit it, sometimes they don't. But you don't even know that they're doing that, but they're putting all their products in front of you that are actually their products to get you to buy their shit at their low price and all that. And, but you don't even realize that you're doing that. You thought you're getting it from some mom and pop company, or you thought you were getting it from some great distributor or something like that. No, you're just buying from Amazon internally and you didn't even know Facebook can't do that. They cannot actually be a privacy company. Again, the, the biggest question that should be asked of Zuckerberg is define privacy for us. What does that, you know, what does that mean to you, Mark Zuckerberg? I mean, we can kind of guess what he meet, what he thinks privacy or the privacy that he needs is based upon the way that he lives, as in he doesn't want people following him around with cameras as to where oh, everybody else gets followed around by cameras. He doesn't want recording devices nearby. He wants to buy all, he wants to put up walls, like physical, literal fucking walls around his house. Uh, wants to make sure, you know, that, that he owns 90% of the houses that are within like a mile radius of his own house. I mean, that's privacy for him, but what's, what is privacy for us by his definition? If the future is private as they are running with now, holy hell, I'd, I'd love to hear from somebody who believes Facebook when they say that.
I mean, I, I really, really would not even in, within the company. So just some everyday person. I want you to tell me, yeah, you believe Facebook is really concerned about your privacy and that they're going to give you actual privacy and that they're really going to give you end to end encryption and not collect some kind of data about you that they're not going to sell off or use for, you know, some kind of money-making purpose or something within that, that you don't know about. I just, I, I don't believe it for, for two seconds anyway. But the bottom line being is that yes, now that they they're trying to rebrand because they've had a hell of a two years where they've been getting skewered properly in the news media and should continue to do so. Uh, they have done exactly what I said they do. They'll get rid of the, they'll change the blue. That way you think, it's a new company and you think it's a new service of some kind and they're getting rid of the news feed to somehow make you feel like and concentrating more on groups because those feel more private or something because the future is private and all this. Now they're just switching it to white. They're basically making uh, Facebook look more like Instagram. I mean, that's the reality of the situation here. Okay. So, but that's a, that's a pretty getting rid of that blue bar is a very, very dramatic shift. And the fact that they rolled it out that day on mobile I mean, they, they are trying, these are, these are the little things. And if a person's not aware of this, of the, like the reason that I said that they would even do this, if they're not, if you're not aware of this, it plays tricks with your head. And they know that, I mean, because they've been doing behavioral experiments on you for years and you still use Facebook though. You don't care that they do unethical and, uh, uh, you know, experiments without your consent, um, on their platform. You just keep using it, which, okay, whatever, go for it. Um, Anyway, so yeah, been right on both counts that Messenger is really now the platform and they're so hardcore on that. Um, and also that, well, they dumped the, they dumped the blue bar to make you think that somehow it's a different product when at the end of the day, it's really not. Now here's another thing. Here's a little thing from, from F8 that I think is, um, also, you know, again, I'm also proven right that you better not count on the newsfeed for your fucking activism because it's going to die. It's dying. I mean, it's just straight up dying. Now, the other one of the other big ones, I've said this many times, the real reason why people won't get off of Facebook is because their deepest hope for being on Facebook is that they're going to get to fuck their neighbor. And I mean, like, you know, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like really have sex, intercourse, blah, get it on with their neighbor or maybe get it on with somebody on the other side of, uh, of the country or whatever. But the idea is, is that people are on there. That network effect is all about getting laid folks. And if you don't believe me, if you think that it isn't really about that, well, <laughs> if you think Facebook doesn't know what, what data collects about you and what it's all about, they are coming out with a, now they came out when we talked about this, I think about a year ago, they came out with Facebook dating, which is like this kind of dating service, which had a somewhat limited rollout. Now that's going to have a more prominent rollout. Okay. That's, that's one thing, but now here's the other thing. They're, they're releasing a new feature that's, that's integrated to some degree with Facebook dating called secret crush. Okay. And secret crush kind of is supposed to like help you find people. It, it, it's kind of going to point to you. I mean, you got to look into this. There's a link in the show notes where you can read about it. Um, but it's going to point out to you people that, oh, might be interested into you and or into, into you might be interested in you or might, uh, let's see here. Actually, I'm going to read from the verge, uh, here. Facebook will help you hook up with your crush. Facebook introduced a dating service at last year's F8. Today it announced that Facebook dating is expanding to 14 more countries and it introduced a feature called secret crush, which does exactly what you'd expect. You can create a secret list of Facebook friends you're attracted to. I'm just going to stop there for a second. Don't you, 
You think that that info is not going to come out at some point? Oh, please. They're going to have you by the balls with this. Anyway, let, let me keep going. No pun intended there. Uh, whether or not. So the, anyway, this is you can create a secret list of Facebook friends you're attracted to whether or not they have a dating profile. If they're all if they are also using Secret Crush and they add you to their list, Facebook will notify the two of you that there's a match. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Oh, I mean, if that's not the biggest, I mean, this is like a feature that they're touting and it's because they know that the real reason people are on Facebook is because they're hoping that they get to fuck their neighbor. And when I say their neighbor, that to put an asterisk on that, just basically anybody that you want to end up fucking. And because maybe you're, you're tired of your relationship or you're bored in your relationship or you're becoming something, I, I don't know. But I've been saying that for so goddamn long that that's the whole reason people won't leave Facebook. And now Facebook, I mean, they have all the data in the world. I was not, I mean, I have some data. I'm not, not just guessing, but I was guessing. But they, I think, know that that's what this is all about. And so now they are just enabling you. And now not only that, you're going to find out if, ooh, someone else likes you. Pathetic. Pathetic. You, let me, let me assure you of one thing. The person online is not the person in real life. I mean, me, I'll be honest with you. Okay. Been going through a lot of life changes myself personally. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I'm always honest with you, but I'm going to really, really frank with you here. The golden stallion, like this is me times 10. Okay. I am not just this wild man going, well, okay, no, wait, that's not true. I am kind of this wild man. I, I am not this uh, 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 boisterous, shall we say, in my everyday and when I walk uh, among the streets and, and, and all of this, okay? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you or anything, by no means. But online, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, you are seeing very crafted versions of people. Okay. Even on a podcast, you're getting a bit of crafting and that's kind of the point that I want to bring up to you, but these people are not the reality online. These people are not the reality. And so if you think that you have some kind of crush on somebody because of what they, how they appear online, you have no fucking idea who the hell that person is. And I hate to tell you this. Well, I just hate that this is so how many was, is it one in one in five or one in 20, however many people are sociopaths in this world. And I think sociopaths are a very real thing and they are out there. You can't tell if someone is such a thing on Facebook. And I think most people that have like blue check marks next to their name on Facebook or people that are like really a little too hot and bothered on social media. I think they might be sociopaths. It's so funny because they tell you, you know, if you read the, the latest version of the DSM, right. You know, the psychological manuals and whatever. Right in there, it says that if a person doesn't have a social media profile, they're, they're probably a sociopath or something like that. There's something mentally wrong with them. And I have said this many times. Oh, no, 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 no. It's the other way around. I think if people are like a little too fucking active on, on social media, they're the sociopath. There is something wrong with them and they are being very careful and crafty and they are enjoying the fact that they can, uh, you know, they can interact with people and take advantage of people without you seeing the physical signs that you'd normally see if you were right in front of the person. Uh, because I mean, I don't think a, so a sociopath can, maybe they can hide it for about six months, maybe a year or something like that, but eventually they crack and you know, the, the, like the, the, the cracks in the shell start to show. Okay. But online they can go on forever. 
And I'm just telling you, don't using social media to somehow like fall in love and all this. Oh man, I hear that it happens, but I don't buy it. I, I don't. And, and when we haven't had social media around long enough to have like the data to say that, well, actually all of these people who claim to have fallen in love via social media, well, their relationships didn't last more than a couple of years and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, we have to wait until 2030 probably to find all of that stuff out and really find out how social media has been terribly harmful to humanity in general for so long. But some of us are ahead of the game. And I would implore you to consider my words because as this year's F8 proved, I was right over and over and over again about what Facebook's doing and what Facebook's really all about. Don't fall for their shit. And sure as fuck, don't use this shit that we uh, that we all listed off. And go ahead, go. Delete that Facebook account. Please. Woo! I'll be right back with some more Sovereign Tech. Hey, if you have a project that needs reliable cryptocurrency data, check out BlockTap.io. BlockTap.io is a universal cryptocurrency API. You can get historical prices for Bitcoin and other digital assets that you can use to build charts and do market analysis. Blockchain data is also indexed, so you can get transaction statistics, address balances, and more for Bitcoin and other networks. BlockTap.io is free for personal use, and you don't even need to create an account to access the API. To get started, try some of the example queries on the homepage at BlockTap.io. Again, that's B-L-O-C-K-T-A-P.io, BlockTap.io, and we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Woo, let's get back to the show. It is time for HackSec, where we talk issues of hacking and security. And well, you know, something that I, and and really in many ways, I consider this almost step one um, of security. Maybe step two. Step one of security is delete all the apps you don't need, delete all the software you don't actually really use often. Uh, But step two would be get a YubiKey. Get a physical security key to handle your two-factor authentication where it's possible. Um, now, Google, interestingly, and in fact, we're going to get into they're having their event. We were just talking about F8. Google's having their Google I.O. event um, before this is getting recorded, or I mean, after this is getting recorded. So maybe we'll talk about it next week if there's anything particularly interesting. But something that they also announced um, that I did find interesting, though imperfect, is that you can now, as long as you're running Android 7 and up, okay, so Nougat and up, uh, you can use your Android phone or device as a physical security key, similar to Google's Titan key, which it is interesting because I think Google stopped selling the Titan key, if I'm not mistaken. Like, it's not available in the Google store anymore. I wonder if they were planning for this becoming a thing. Um, This is a nice feature, I'll admit. Like, It's a nice basic feature, but it doesn't come without flaws. But basically what it does is it uses Bluetooth, which actually the Google Titan key also did. And instead of you putting in either getting an SMS message or instead of you using a one-time PIN number, like if you're using Google Authenticator where it gives you a PIN number that lasts so many seconds, right, that you can type in and use for for two-factor authentication, uh, it'll just connect via Bluetooth and your phone has to near, be nearby the device and it will let you into your account. You still have to use a password. It's not a passwordless login, um, but 
you know, you got to have that there. And if you don't have it, then it becomes very difficult to, you know, get into the account or, you know, it makes it more difficult to get into an account. Now there are, you know, one, I mean, fuck Google, but one of the places where I've given them a lot of credit is actually with their advanced protection program, which is totally free and available for anyone to implement. If you have a Google account of any kind, their advanced protection program basically makes it so that to be able to log into your account, your Google account, once you set this up, it's going to log you out of a lot of apps that don't take advantage of this. Okay. Uh, if you use your Google account to log into other apps, which I don't recommend that you do, but I understand that there's certain times where you sort of don't have a choice. And certainly it's better for you. If you have a Google account already to log in with your Google account, than say to use Facebook's open auth, because that runs into all kinds of problems. Um, even though they claim the future is private. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, with this, so with the, with the advanced protection program, you have to use either a Google Titan key or a Yubi key or some kind of FIDO standard to be able to log into your account, your Google account, uh, in Chrome or, you know, on your Android phone or whatever. And you can't do it no matter what you can't use SMS. There's no backup features. And if you lose your Yubi key or your security key, whatever that happens to be, you, there is some ways that you can get access to your account again, just in case you did lose your YubiKey. That's what a lot of people always tell me. What if I lose my YubiKey? I don't know. What if you lose whatever the fuck you lose? What are you going to do? You know, just stop losing shit. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, it, it takes a few days and there's a very long drawn out process to prove who you are, to be able to get access to your Google account, the advanced protection program. I recommend everybody do. Um, I think it's wonderful. It's designed for activists and others. I will give Google the credit for making that a thing where no, there's no backups. You have to have the security key. Now, the problem there is, is that you can't really take advantage of the advanced protection program by using just your smartphone as second factor authentication. Okay. For very obvious reasons. One is, is that to have the advanced protection program and to be able to even log into your, Oh, for fuck's sake, you know, I was waving my smartphone here because I'm talking about it, um, you know, on the show and because of moto actions or whatever the hell those things are, if you twist your hand so many times it activates the fucking camera, you know, good thing I have stickers over those cameras. Jesus Christ. What I mean, great Satan. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I mean, Christ would love that because Christ is always watching you, right? He's into this sort of shit. Oh, uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, where was I? Yeah. The advanced protection program. So this, I mean, yeah, you could use this as two factor authentication might be a great way to log into your Chromebook or into Chrome or something like that. But really, I think it's more important to lock down your smartphone. And the only way you can really do that is to have a YubiKey or a Google Titan key to be able to pull that off. So while this is kind of nice, it's superfluous and it's kind of pointless because you really can't take advantage of the more serious security features that Google offers you, um, which all require some kind of independent security key. And it cannot be your phone because you'd have to log into your phone with that security key as well. So I think, I mean, this is nice, but also it's kind of fucking pointless. Um, but anyway, it's a feature that's out there. Maybe it's something you want to take advantage of because you don't want, want to go all the way and use the advanced protection program. But again, you really should. And fucking buy a YubiKey. Buy a YubiKey. Is it mind control if I keep saying it over and over again? 
Well, if it is, I don't know, buy a YubiKey, okay? Get a YubiKey. Don't even go with Google Titan Key. You can't buy them anymore anyway. Buy a YubiKey. Don't use this feature. Just buy a YubiKey. All right, I'll be right back with some more Sovereign Tech. Woo! Beyond the moon, fighters, wave after wave after wave, lies a lone outpost in space. A potentially dangerous alien technology was smuggled aboard this station. Beyond the stars. Blood calls out for blood lies a dream for universal peace one night you'll wake up and find our teeth at your throat beyond imagination who would do this why lies babylon 5 the series babylon 5 is available for download on your favorite torrent site see it now to experience the greatest show in television history babylon 5 This week in blockchain. You know, this is going to be the second time I get to talk about a smartphone uh, in this episode. I don't think I've been able to do that since like 2014. But, <laughs> but so it is. Uh, you know, if you ever want to talk about stuff, let me tell you. You know, you know what you should do? Check out a Sovereign Tech sponsor, freetalklive.com. You can call in and talk to the hosts there. And you can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. You don't just talk to the hosts, though. You talk to a national stage. We are talking about the number 27 talk show in the United States that you get to, you get to talk to all those millions of people, however many people. Okay. I mean, amazing. It's the only libertarian talk show on the fucking radio. Seriously. You, you want to check this out. Freetalklive.com runs seven nights a week, three hours a night. Can you get, I mean, I, I can't even keep up with that. And I run a whole network, <laughs> at least not yet. Anyway, so <laughs> you're, you're in for a great time. Freetalklive.com. Go check them out. And I thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. You know, Free Talk Live was actually one of the original bulwarks for Bitcoin, quite frankly. And I mean, and they were like, like understand, you know, there's, there's a lot of Bitcoin luminaries where, where they first heard about Bitcoin was on Free Talk Live. Bitcoin developers were reaching out to Free Talk Live to get their audience on board. So, you know, I mean, they've been ahead of the game for a while and a lot of that stuff. Uh, a company that I think you might think is ahead of the game, of course, we're going to talk about a little blockchain story here, uh, but <laughs> I don't know, is HTC. And they announced this past week that they are planning on releasing uh, a new blockchain-based smartphone. Uh, their initial one, which came out in 2018, was the Exodus, the HTC Exodus, which was really just based on the U12 Plus uh, phone chassis. There was some software tweaks, some hardware tweaks in there. Uh, like they basically tried to make a secure enclave to handle all of the blockchain oriented aspects of it, like storing cryptocurrencies or running decentralized apps uh, and so on. And it, I have not talked to anyone. And look, I, I have a lot of friends in the blockchain space. I haven't talked to anybody who took advantage of this, who jumped on this, who's using, who are using this in any like meaningful way. Hell, I don't even know anybody that owns one. I mean, and if you do, if you're a sovereign tech listener, like I, I I'll let you on the show and you can tell me how this thing is like, really, no, this is the future that we're going towards is where we have blockchain, you know, phones that are based around blockchain technology that run D apps and, uh, you know, that run or decentralized apps and that run or, you know, that, that, that have some kind of a secure hardware enclave, uh, for your cryptos. I mean, t tell me about it. Like I, I, I want to hear, and I just don't, I don't see this blowing up anywhere. Uh, but anyway, they are planning in the second half of 2019, which is approaching very fast, uh, to have the Exodus two come out. Um, I mean, the, the only story here is, is that I, I don't understand. Like if, if the, so 
you have uh was it their htc's decentralized chief or chief decentralized officer whatever the phil chen whatever the hell that title is it, it's the weirdest title in the world um and they they apparently claim he claims that sales of the first exodus phone from htc uh met expectations we have no idea what those expectations were so i don't know that you can call that i mean i guess to htc you could call it a success um but look folks htc is in some real trouble uh, I mean, they're in some very real trouble for a multitude of reasons. I mean, they, they're basically not even really in the VR, biz, uh, VR business anymore, which they're doing that deal with Steam. I think anybody in VR is pretty much dead with the Oculus Quest coming out. Um, and sales for that probably blow away anything that the HTC Exodus did. I know it's a different category, but you get my point. Uh, HTC, I mean, we don't, I don't even know if HTC is going to be a company second half of 2019. So... Uh, this, you know, I mean, I had a couple of people email me. What do you think about blockchain phones? I've talked about them when the first HTC uh, Exodus and there were, what was the other one uh, from Siren Labs or whatever, the, the, the Finney, you know, these are things, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think the decentralized future is going to have something that is remotely like what we consider smartphones today. I mean, the form factor might be the same, but they're not going to operate the same way at all. Uh, if we actually have a decentralized, secure and anonymous future, which understand that's one of the main reasons I got into cryptocurrencies and into blockchain technology was because of its promise for, you know, uh, a peer, a peer to peer future as, uh, as other, other shows have coined that term. Um, yeah, smartphones as we understand them, that won't be a part of the part of the program. And I, I'm just kind of baffled that they're I mean, this this honestly, this feels like a last ditch effort. This really just feels like this is just playing up for investors to try and get some last hope and some squeeze in some last dollars into HTC. And maybe they hope they're going to have a hit. I mean, if Bitcoin, you know, does some like 2017 esque performance by the end of 2019 which I don't think is, I mean, that's not impossible. Um, you know, unless it's going to do that and then there's just some kind of wild new interest and then HTC can very quickly roll out, um, you know, the, the Exodus two, that's the only way I could see this becoming any kind of success, but there's a problem there because HTC, again, the company, the company is the company, the, the dumpany. How about that? The dumpany, <laughs> but the company is, you know, they don't even have a new smartphone on the horizon. So what is this thing even going to look like? Cause they can't, unless they're just going to base it off of the U 12 plus again, or go back to like the HTC one and, you know, go with a, a design language from, you know, three, four years ago. I, I, I don't understand what this is. This all just feels like smoke and mirrors and, and just a play an investor play of some kind. Uh, that's very strange. So I have no hope for this actually being a thing. That's all I really have to say about it. And this whole idea of blockchain smartphones, uh, no, nah. <laughs> for those to be viable, they have to be like something we have just never, ever seen before. Some, a completely new, uh, uh, design and really like design ethic and way of thinking about how devices communicate with each other that, and that's not what's happening here. So anyway, I'll be right back with some more sovereign tech. Woo. Don't get excited about this. In 2014, he ran from Miami to San Francisco, raising awareness for Bitcoin and the homeless epidemic in America. And now he's doing it again. Blockchain evangelist and advocate for homeless rights, Jason King, is running across North America right now from Miami to Santa Monica right now. 
Five years later, his commitment to promoting blockchain technology and fighting the homeless epidemic in America is stronger than ever. And you can help Jason now by going to blockchainacrossamerica.com. While you're there, donate to Satoshi Forest Sanctuary Incorporated to help the homeless, along with all kinds of other ways you can help. Get involved today. Blockchainacrossamerica.com. That's blockchainacrossamerica.com. This week's online review. It is time for this week's online review where I scour the interwebs. <laughs> this horrible creation. No. <laughs> looking for the most amazing things that perhaps my listeners would like to get their hands on. And one that uh, I will never use um, because, well, you know, here's the thing. I don't think that this thing will ever go off because I don't think aliens have ever been anywhere near earth or on earth or anything like that. I'm not saying there aren't aliens out there. They're sure they're out there, but I think they're few and far between and far, far, far away from us. But maybe you don't think that way. And maybe you just want to be sure you want to prove the man of tomorrow wrong. Well, I've been wrong before, but as we showed earlier, I'm right a whole hell of a lot. Uh, But anyway, maybe, and you can go on Amazon of all things. Maybe you could find this at Walmart. I don't know. I think you'd find a lot of people that believe in this sort of thing at Walmart. That's for sure. (laughs) But you can get a UFO detector. That's right. A detector of unidentified flying objects. Now, granted, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's looking for aliens. It might just, yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll find some new government plane. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, for the low, low price, unbelievable, of only $88. Actually, it's $87.66. How about that? You can get a UFO detector. Now, I've seen these before. And they used to have like red LEDs. Now they have blue LEDs. I don't think that that's such a great thing because it might keep you up at night. You know, we, we've raised the flag about, uh, about blue lights at night, uh, on the show in the past, but, um, well, this is very, very interesting. Let's see UFO detector, blue LEDs, internal mag, um, mag, magnetometer. Ma- ma- yeah. Magnetometer. Okay. Uh, interfaced with microcontroller for 24, seven, uh, 24 hours, seven days a week, monitoring for magnetic anomalies that have been reported with many UFO sightings. So, and I mean, you know, I, I have some uh, knowledge in this area and sure there are people who say, you know, at the Bermuda triangle, there's these very weird magnetic readings. Or if you go to certain lakes in Peru, like Lake Titicaca, or I don't know, something like that, some lake around the world, who knows? Uh, and there's these odd magnetic readings where there have been UFO activity. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, maybe you're just detecting, you know, a mutant like Magneto, but, um, no, uh, though I'd believe in mutants before I believe aliens have been to earth, but anyway, here we go. Uh, So 33, let's, let's read some of the description here. 33% of Americans believe in UFOs. That explains how Trump got in office. Uh, and one in 10 Americans believe they have seen a UFO according to a 2012 study by the national geographic channel, because you know, the national geographic channels as legit as they come. (laughs) Confirmed UFO sightings have been reported. Uh, Simultaneous magnetic and electromagnetic disturbances like cars sputtering and and magnetic compasses spinning wildly. The UFO detector is designed to sense these magnetic and electromagnetic disturbances. Continual 24-7 monitoring of its surrounding area. It's very easy to use. Blue LEDs light in a rotating circular pattern in monitoring mode. So, I mean, you know, the the circling lights, it's very... uh, 
I don't know. That looks like something out of a sci-fi movie, I guess. That could be interesting. Uh, includes a 9-volt wall adapter and sculpted case. Uh, and it's not, not the biggest thing. So anyway, very easy to use. You just plug it in, set it up, and away you go. Uh, let's read some of the reviews. Uh, or actually, here's a little more of the product description. The real question, or let's say UFO sightings are reported all over the planet by thousands of people. The real question is whether UFOs are interstellar vehicles visiting Earth. Most UFO sightings can be classified as misidentified aircraft. Oh, well, at least they're a little bit honest. So maybe you can kind of trust the seller. It does have an Amazon's Choice badge on it. I mean, that's that's something. Uh, let's see, misidentified uh, aircraft, planets, or other aerial f- phenomena, but not all of them. There is a small percentage of UFO sightings that can't be explained by known aircraft or natural phenomena. Uh, by known aircraft. It is the small percentage of UFO sightings that create an exciting possibility. And that's why you can buy this device. So let's look at some of the reviews here. Here's some of the, the customer question and answers. We could look at those first. How sensitive are these detectors? That's the question. Uh, Not enough to work well. You have to hold it right under the ship in order for it to work. And by that time, you're already being anally probed by little gray dudes. You know, I I mean, it's a solid point to bring up, right? Might already be getting anally probed before this thing actually goes off. And well, but then maybe you'll go off and well, hmm. Uh, Let's see. Will this product be delivered by a UFO? Uh, USPS or USPS, but not UFO important information. That's good. Uh, does this blue lighted detector work as well as the red lighted one? And can they be used in tandem for greater sensitivity? Uh, whatever color you like, since either will be completely useless. Well, I guess that kind of points to what I was saying. Uh, but let's see if my girlfriend is an alien, how would I go about detecting this? That's an important question. Have you seen her naked? Have you seen her naked is the answer in response. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I saw a femme alien. Um, I've <laughs> what a great movie. Uh, I've seen a few of those. Uh, th- they look awfully human to me. Uh, but anyway, so let's see. Uh, be careful with this thing. Here's, here's one of the first reviews. Be careful with this thing. Please read. Uh, this is from 2018. Get four star review, though. I am a scientist. Like everyone else that has purchased and reviewed this item, I thought it was a hoax. I also felt like I needed to take it a step further and do a little data analysis on this device. Most, if not all, of the reviewers that plug this device in experience some sort of interface with the UFO. One guy said it does not work at all. This led me down a path to do a little statistical analysis on the device, and I really came up with some some interesting data. To make a long peer-reviewed paper short in abstract, uh, uh, yeah, in abstract, this device is not a UFO detector. This device, and important info here, folks, this device is a UFO attractor. Almost everyone that has reviewed this has experienced the same thing, probing after plugging the device in. I'm not just talking a finger or two or even the shocker. I am talking a full-fledged onward fist metal probe or worse. So when I ran the numbers of people that got probed and correlated it to the people that actually got a visit once they plugged this in, I was really floored. This thing is like the UFO alien version of Tinder. Plug it in, aliens get notified, they speed to your house and let their extraterrestrial version of Netflix and chill roll on. Holy shit, maybe, don't buy this. It goes on. This is very, this is is rigorous research. Uh, Let's keep reading here. So for this to be deemed good science, I decided to try it. I plugged it in for like 45 seconds. Now, Stanley breaking it, hold on. I'll admit, I'm a little bit, I'm a little skeptical over whether or not this is an actual scientist because they said like. No, anyway, uh, like 45 seconds. All right. So plugged in 45 seconds. Here we go. The lights began to flash. I then unplugged it. 
I then hid it in free in the freezer. Sure enough, minutes later, the sky lit up and this giant UFO was near my place. It seemed uh, a bit confused, though, as if it was looking for something. Luckily, I guess my quick unplugging it did not let these guys get a good GPS lock on my home. Instead, they went to my neighbor's home. Ooh. I heard a lot of yelling in redneck, <laughs> in redneck street vernacular as what appeared to be two grays dragging the father out of the double wide home. Wow. And he thought an encounter with his probation officer was scary. I felt kind of bad after doing that. I saw him a week later drinking PBR tall boys by the fence. <laughs> All he would do is mumble incoherent things. He was a lost and broken man after that. Guess he won't be blocking my drive, my driveway with his lifted four by four anymore. I thought, okay, if this is science, I have to duplicate my results. I went to my ex-wife's home at 3 a.m. and plugged it into the GFI plug that is on the south side of the home in front of the fence. Yeah, that house that, yeah, that house I used to live in. Uh, I digress. Within seconds, the lights started to flash. I looked to the night sky and saw a tiny pinprick of light start to get bigger and bigger. I unplugged the detector, jumped in my car, and parked at the end of the street. In amazement, a spacecraft showed up. This time, a single gray came out with a large laser gun. He went to the front door and blasted it open and ran in like he was on a mission. I thought I was about to get sweet revenge for the hell this woman has put me through. But just minutes later, the gray ran out as if he was scared. He mumbled something that sounded like, oh, hell, no, I'm not playing you, paying you alimony. <laughs> Your family is batshit crazy and we are not having a kid. Oh, dear. The ship literally jumped to hyperspace from the front yard and damaged some shingles on the neighbor's roofs. NOAA claimed it was straight line microbursts during that night that damaged the homes. Yeah, I know better. And it would appear that the aliens also haven't solved the issue of patriarchy. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll continue. So I had to use it one more time to be sure that my data held true. I went down to the local ice office and asked for a job application. I sat in the lobby as, as I asked the lady if I could borrow a pen and plug my phone charger into the wall to charge my phone as I filled uh, these things out. She was sweet with her blonde hair extensions and fake nails. Uh, looks like this guy hasn't solved patriarchy either for himself. Uh, she handed me a pilot precise five extra pen, extra fine uh, pen and said, sure, charge my phone. So I reached into uh, my briefcase and plugged the detector in. Sure enough, just like that, uh, just like the last two times, the thing went crazy. I let it go for an additional 30 seconds. So it would really get a good target lock for these aliens. I unplugged it and told the lady I had to go to my car for a minute and would be right back. I sat there and saw this only what I can describe as a large white oval UFO land near the building. It had ladders strapped to it. It was jamming some loud music and smelled of stale beer and only what I could describe as extraterrestrial weed. Eight of those grays just walked out. They had sparkly bandanas and, uh, on, and the, on and crip walked to the front of the office, front door of the office, and just waltzed in like they owned the place. Screaming ensued from inside the building. I heard gunshots. At least I think they were. Sounds to me like automatic large caliber rifle fire. Anyways, a few minutes later, seven grays were seen dragging one gray out that was shot. They also had the lady from the front desk in tow. They pushed her in the spacecraft by her blonde weave and took off. I really think... We have what we have here is conclusive evidence that this is a real UFO attractor, not a detector. This thing is like a homing beacon for extraterrestrial life. Plug it in at your own risk. Don't blame me if you get gaped like a 60 millimeter gauge stretchy earring thing at ye old meal exit place. This thing works. It works too good. Be very, very careful when you plug this in. Do not place it near the microwave or near any type of baby monitor. Hmm. 
All I can say is bad things happen if you do. Trust me, I can't wait for the Bluetooth cordless version to come out. Once that is available, we are taking this to the monster truck rally. (laughs) Well, and he actually includes a picture of some of the grays. So, I mean, are you going to argue with this guy? I don't know. So let's, let's read a couple more here quick. Uh, the, this is from February 2015. The electronics is fun and works as advertised. The electronics is fun and works as advertised. However, I was disappointed with the, class, the plastic cover and the very thin uh, top piece. The wife was able to find a case designed for a baseball and decorate it with shadow emblems. And the unit looks really nice. Of course, that's uh, S-H-A-D-O. Those that know know what that means. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Wave goodbye to wiping. And your humanity. One star. Oof, rough. Let's see. Where to start? I read the box. It said, quote, for best use, place directly under saucer, end quote. After a few decades after purchase, (laughs) the opportunity arises. I finally see a UFO. I run out of my house to the UFO, hoping my UFO detector would detect it in time for me to flee from my property to safety. One moment, I'm placing it on the ground and looking for an outlet. The next, I'm being anally probed with an alien's fist made of some sort of sharp metal after, you know, he's the second person to bring that up. So weird. After three or so hours of awkward silence and painfully, literally awkward stillness, we find out that this thing is stuck and it wasn't the little gray aliens either. It was a big, tall, skinny one with many arms, no anesthesia. The guy rips the thing out of my butt. Needless to say, I have to wear diapers because you know, it all falls out now, but at least I don't have to wipe, I guess. Oh, 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 come on. Come on, they can fly all this way and then and, and they do this kind of stuff. Oh, please. Let's see. Totally works. Here we go. This is a very recent one from December 2000, 2018. My wife is an alien. No, every time she's pulling into the driveway. I get away with so much now. Man, you know, people that believe in this stuff. Starting to see a pattern here. This is this is kind of weird. Uh, anyway, so the, the UFO detector... Maybe it's a UFO attractor. Maybe you want that in your life. I don't know. Give it a shot. (laughs) Should I wrap this one up? Should should I wrap this up? Now, let's go. Let's go just a few more minutes longer. Okay. I got an interesting climax to get into that kind of plays into this and is kind of a climax. So I'll be right back with more. Hey, baby, I know. I know you are tired of Gmail. You have had enough. Well, I have a solution for you. What I want you to do is you go to Fastmail, okay? It's fastmail.sovereigntech.com. That's the URL you can use. You're going to get a discount with that. You are going to love this. This is email for email's sake. This company does nothing more. Just email and they do it right. All the latest security technologies you want to log into your account with your YubiKey, you can do that. Fastmail has your hookup. Very inexpensive plans. I want you to check it out. You go to fastmail.sovereigntech.com. That'll get you the hookup. And it's an honor to have them as a part of Sovereign Tech. Woo! Let's get back to the show. The Climax. It is time for the climax where I get to talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Sometimes it's a movie review. Sometimes, oh, movie reviews. Boy, if you're a Zomi One Underground member uh, this week, special stuff happening. Um, anyway, 
I could do movie reviews. I could do, uh, I could talk about comic books. I could talk about books, novels, whatever the hell I want to talk about, or it could be a topic or hell. It could even be an app. In fact, not exactly an app, but I have something very interesting to talk about with you here. So I am a big fan. Those that longtime listeners of Sovereign Tech know, I am a huge fan of cybersex, huge fan, uh, and sexting in general. And it is admittedly a bit of an art. And sadly, it seems to be a lost art form. However, something has come out to try and improve this. Now, these this is not a sponsor. I would love it if they were a sponsor. I am totally open to them becoming a sponsor. Uh, but this is a very interesting service that all gets done over SMS. Keep that in mind that this is not encrypted. Uh, but... <laughs> I have a link in the show notes if you want to find out more about this, but this is a story from April 9th, 2019. So very fresh. I'll read the headline for you. And it is this new slut bot. Yeah, I said that right. Slut bot is designed to pump up your sexting game. What do we have here for a good time? Text and the story is from the New York post for a good time. Text 415. That's the area code 415-650-0395. A new SMS experience co-created by erotic writers and sex educators allows users to text a number and receive lessons in sexting from the Slutbot. The Kernel Chatbot, launched Tuesday, is the body brainchild of the digital gurus behind Juicebox, a relationship app uh, which offers advice on sex and love. While the app offers daily coaching for $29 a week or $99 a month, Slutbot is free for all by texting the above number. Um, so anyway, this is made by erotica writers as well as the people behind Juicebox, which I looked into Juicebox. Very interesting. Not, not a horrible thing at all. In fact, you can kind of get some free stuff from Juicebox as well. Uh, after you initially text that number that I mentioned at the beginning, which is 415-650-0395. Of course you can, hell, I might even give that the name of the episode. I don't know, but either way you can look in the show notes and you can get your hands on that number. Now, this is again, totally free. And you will be getting a text from a separate number. Keep that in mind. Um, and it'll start asking you certain questions. So you get to, you get to have Brian Sovereign read with you a little more here. So, <laughs> but it'll start like, oh, do you want to, you know, try this free guide from Juicebox? You'll get all this various stuff. And then you basically, you have to type in the word slutbot into, again, this is all in your SMS client. This is not in Signal or Telegram. Keep that in mind, okay, if you're concerned about this. But... Anyway, then it'll start asking you uh, questions like what is what is your age? What is your gender? And so on. Does it know what your age and gender really are? No, but you tell it what you tell it. Uh, Then it asks you, what would you what gender would you like to communicate with? Now, interestingly, is that it does give you a a non-binary option, which I give them credit for being that forward thinking. I think that's wonderful. Uh, And so, I mean, that. I want to use the word progressive, but I know some people just flip the fuck out whenever somebody says something like that. Uh, But regardless, so anyway, then it will give you a little bit of tips here. In fact, let's read some of the tips. It says, okay, great. I'll connect you because I went with a female bot that I wanted to communicate with here. Great. I'll connect you to a female bot now so you can practice sexting, though it sounds like you may be acquainted already. Now, I don't know why the fuck it says. I think it just automatically says that, whatever. Anyway, it says, if you aren't sure what to say when talking dirty, when talking dirty, follow this formula. And it has three steps here. And they're pretty good, actually. Uh, one is explain what you're about to do, as in, I can't wait to dot, dot, dot. Okay. Number two, describe what you are doing or what it feels like. Quote, it feels good or it feels so good, dot, dot, dot. Okay. Then number three is describe what you just did. Did you like the way I dot, dot, dot. 
pretty good rules of, of how to go about it. You know, be descriptive. That's the basic gist. And these are just three ways that you can be descriptive. So I thought that that was interesting. Okay. That's good advice at first. Anyway, a little picture of a, <laughs> of a chap out of Pierce, female one. And it says, hi there. I was thinking it would be hot to try sexting with you. Oh, would you like to sext with me? Mm. Uh, and I say, yes, that's what I replied. Slutbot says, awesome. If you get uncomfortable, you can always say the safe word pineapple. Pineapple is the safe word. I don't recommend using Stanley breaking it. I don't recommend using the word pineapple as a safe word in general, because uh, guys, as I've talked about many times on the show, if you want your cum to taste good, uh, you drink pineapple juice before you have sex. But you know, in, in a fair amount of time before you do, but, but you do that. And so pineapple, you know, that might be part of the sexual act. So I don't know if I'd use that word, but in texting, sure. Okay. Uh, to stop the chat. So you can stop the chat anytime. This is very respectful. And actually the designers of the, of the, the bot, I shouldn't say the app of the bot, uh, you know, wanted it to be very respectful, which is, I think is cool. Uh, so it says to start over type slut bot. Okay. So that starts it. And it also starts it over, uh, before we start, how do you like your sexting? Hmm. Option one is slow and gentle. Option two is hot and sexy. Okay. So I chose number two because that's the way I like it. I can dig number one too, but you know, number two. Okay. Uh, and then, so Slutbot says just the way I like it. I've been thinking about you today. Last night was really hot. Want to know my favorite part. And then there's like a sly emoji. Okay. I respond. Tell me. Slutbot responds. I love how you slowly caressed my nipples and kissed my neck until I was begging for your cock. And then there's an emoji of the mouth. Woo. Did it turn you on to hear me beg? I responded. I loved hearing you beg, baby. <laughs> Slutbot responds. O-M-G. Slutbot's millennial, I guess. <laughs> it gets me wet. This is Slutbot. It gets me wet when I think about the way you lick my pussy. Dot, dot, dot. Do you like it when I sit on your face? I respond. I could have eaten your pussy all night. It tastes so good. I loved it. See that? I used all three. I used all three there. Okay. Now <laughs> that, but here's, here's where things. Okay. So I typed that out. This is all in the same SMS message to Slutbot. Okay. Here's where the limitations of Slutbot come in because then I asked a question and I said, did you like taking my giant cock? <laughs> Slutbot responds with two emoji, 100, 100, you know, those, those emoji. So, all right. I mean, I can read on with the rest, but it responds to that. Let me, let me read the rest of the response and then we'll, I'll explain where this is the limitation. So here it goes. Today I was thinking, this is Slutbot. Today, after the 100, 100 emoji. Today I was thinking about that time we had sex in the shower, shower emoji. I remember the feeling of your skin getting all slippery and sweaty beneath my hands. I get turned on thinking about how you pressed me against the tile wall and slipped your dick inside me. How did it feel when you slipped your dick in me? And so I can, I'll respond to that. I'll tell you what I responded to that. But here's the thing is that it didn't actually really like respond to my question at all. And that's, I mean, it said 100, 100, but that could have been a response to pretty much anything. And that is generally the problem with a lot of these uh, chat bots, really, which is really what this is. And that is, is that, you know, if you try to ask them anything of any kind of meaning, or if you try to ask back, you're generally not going to get much in response. And of course, this is largely designed to respond in the positive to whatever you say. So I don't exactly know how helpful this is, but 
it's interesting to say the least. Like, I, I mean, and it's not like a bad attempt at this and it really is trying to be respectful. In fact, um, to illustrate how it's trying to be respectful, I will read, uh, more. I will read how I responded to the question of how did it feel when you slipped your dick in me? Ooh. I said, you were so tight and warm. <laughs> of course I wouldn't say it's so Vulcan, but anyway, warmer than the shower water. I can't believe you took all eight and a half inches of it. My little slut. Okay. Um, by the way, the, the slut bot, well, it likes the word slut. And so do I, uh, it does not like the terms whore. There are some words that like, it'll kind of shut down on, uh, again, kind of teaching you to, you know, be careful with those words. Um, I like the fact though, that sluts, I, you know, I'm one of those people that is all on board with, you know, reclaiming the word slut. I think that's a wonderful thing, but anyway, uh, so it, it says, uh, or slut bot responds, I can't wait for round two tomorrow. Oh, I love trying new things with you. I was thinking I'd like to try anal. Do you want to slide your cock inside my, and then it has a emoji of the peach, which I guess represents the ass kind of looks like it. And I respond with hard. No, because a, I don't really care for anal at all, uh, giving it or taking it. And, um, and then the, the slut bot responded to my hard. No with, uh, you know, giving the okay hand signal. And it says, what, what would you enjoy doing? So, I, I actually, I, I actually like that. I like the fact that it just, it recognizes a no. I mean, hard no is a pretty basic thing to respond with, but it's like, okay, you don't like that. So then what do you like to do? And even that, even in that there's a lesson where, okay, you know, if the person's not into what you suggested, then back up and get a little more broader with what you're suggesting and what you're asking and wondering and be inquisitive. Even that is a great thing to teach people. So I can kind of see the benefit of this. I imagine over time with various data that they collect via SMS, which again is not encrypted at all. That's a problem. I wish this existed in like telegram or somehow signal started doing bots. I know that raises its own problems. Um, but I like the idea overall in teaching people how to sext because you know, text messaging is not going to go away anytime soon. In fact, I think in general, granted I'd have the infrastructure be a very different animal. Um, but I think it's a fine thing in, in, well, not like ultimately, ultimately you want to be in front of the person, but if you have to do long distance, well, it's, it's one of the better ways of going about it, I suppose. So, because it gives you the ability maybe to do it a little more at your own leisure. So I, I stopped responding to slut slutbot at that point because I was so offended at, no, <laughs> I'm kidding, but I did stop at that point, but you get the idea. So teaching people how to sext better, perhaps how to have even better cyber sex. And really ultimately even like those are pretty good communication tips. If you're just dirty talking in the bedroom anyway. Uh, so getting people to learn more about that, I think is a fine and wonderful thing. Um, again, I, I would do it on a different platform. Uh, you know, if you are concerned that someone could see what you were typing out to Slutbot, yeah, that's a very real concern because it's on fucking general SMS. Uh, but the real solution there, I mean, yes, encryption should be done everywhere, anytime. Uh, even though Facebook is never going to actually implement it, it is true. The future is private, or I hope it is. Um, and it should have real privacy with real end-to-end -end encryption that's not even really collecting metadata if we can help it. Okay. Theme of the show there. Um, but the real thing here is that let's just like normalize this kind of, uh, 
you know, the that the fact that people do not you don't have to normalize this type of communication, but normalize the fact that people do talk to each other this way. And this is sexting is a very real thing. It is not something that should be people should be ashamed of. Um, I really appreciate, as we've talked about in recent months, Jeff Bezos not being ashamed of the texts that he sent. Maybe Jeff Bezos could use Slutbot. Who knows? Um, but to just normalize the fact that sexting is a thing, I think Slutbot at the very least does that. And fucking good. You know, I, I think that's a great and wonderful thing. And, you know, maybe this is just a fun way for you, honestly, to, uh, you know, get your rocks off if you're lonely one night. You can just text a Slutbot. But keep in mind, it's a bot. It's not encrypted. Be aware of these things and don't lever, don't you dare let this replace actual communication. This is to teach you how to have actual communication with a human. It is explicitly for that purpose. It is not to replace it. So if you want love, go find that love. But, you know, maybe get a little help on how to sex in the first place. Anyway, okay, that's it for this week's Sovereign Tech. We went a little over. Um, Make sure you sign up for the Zomia One Underground. Go to zomia1.com. Great stuff coming up throughout the month of May. You're going to want to be there or be... This is going to be a square, but, you know, be there, okay? (laughs) Zomia One is the place. So I will see you there, and I will see all of you on the other side. You just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com, that's S-O-V-R-Y-N Tech.com, and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the evolution. Can you get enough of the man of tomorrow? I didn't think so. Well, now you're going to get even more, along with some of the hottest hosts and podcasts around, because now Sovereign Tech has become an entire network. Zomia One, the most rebellious podcast network in the galaxy, with bleeding edge shows covering science, technology, and even pop culture. Podcasts like Sovereign Trek, bringing you the latest and greatest in everything Star Trek. TIE Fighter Renegades, a Star Wars podcast where the Man of Tomorrow and Robin Freebeard talk Star Wars like no other show out there. The Hard and Fast podcast where Metal is King and the latest album reviews and interviews with the greatest acts in hard rock and heavy metal happen. And you can even become a member of the Zomia One Underground and get access to thousands of hours of exclusive content and shows. And this isn't Patreon, baby. Oh no, this is all happening on the premier podcast platform, Podbean. 
So head over to Zomia1.com. That's Z-O-M-I-A-O-N-E.com. And become a part of the future with Zomia1. And become a member of the Zomia1 Underground. And while you're at it, download the Podbean app on iOS and Android. Be the future. Zomia1.com. <laughs>